from the CSI Today News Desk at the College of Staten Island. Welcome to the CSI Today Talks Podcast with your hosts, David Pizzuto and Terry Manns. The CSI Today Talks Podcast is your connection to the College of Staten Island with the newsmakers that make it happen. From world-renowned faculty and staff, dynamic students, and community leaders, stay connected to CSI with CSI Today Talks. And now, here is your host, Terry Mayers. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the CSI Today Talks podcast on CSIToday.com or from wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This is Terry Mayers, co-host of CSI Today Talks, here to bring you the latest episode, Season 2, Episode 31. Today we're talking with CSI media culture major Vinny Massacle. Before we get to Vinny, we want to remind you to make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. Co-host David Pizzuto and I will look to bring you new episodes often. Like this episode coming up, all of our episodes are available via our archive on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, from our website at www.csitoday.com, or from wherever you found us today. So let's get right into it. Hey, Vinny. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Terry. How are you? Oh, just fine. How are you doing? I am very well today. Good. Well, why don't we start off by telling me a little about yourself, your major, your year at CSI, and your many extracurricular activities. I am a senior. My major is communications journalism. I am in the communications office at CSI as an intern. I am the WSIA assistant news director. I'm doing broadcasts for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks through WSIA as well. Why don't we start off by talking about the banner? So when did you start there and what were your initial responsibilities? I started at the beginning of the semester. The initial responsibilities were to find, other than my managing editor who had already been there, to find staff to write stories, obviously. That was my first big thing, which I think we did pretty well. All right, and now you're editor-in-chief. So how did you get there, and what are your responsibilities in that role? So there was a vote taken. My peers voted me in. Okay. And I'm pretty much responsible for the overall layout of the paper online and also delegating duties to my other editors, which I really only have one right now. And also we have a social media manager and then running meetings and uh, writing the occasional story as well. Okay. So you've been with the banner some time now. Could you give us a little bit of history about the paper? The paper started in March 17, 1994. The faculty advisor was Daniel Kramer. Obviously, I wasn't there. And it was obviously printed. It was like a normal paper. And it went through a few faculty advisors during between the time of 94 to about, I don't know when Fred Kaufman started, but Fred Kaufman has been there a while as the faculty advisor. It had a lot of advertisements, community advertisements in the beginning, which I think it had a lot of community support. And it seemed as if the overall look of the paper went through some changes also, like the covers and the front pages were different. 
And, and I think that had to do with different editors, and they had different ideas as to what the front page should look like. Okay. And, of course, the, again, the big part was it was printed, obviously. Okay. All right. Now, staying on the topic of banner history, what effects did the pandemic have on the paper? It was huge. Again, I wasn't there during the pandemic, but I was going to school. But everything was online. The problem was is you had an incoming freshman class that didn't know that the college had a paper. And so now they're going through their classes and they're probably like, I would say sophomores or juniors now, and they didn't know we had a paper. So there's a lot of the student body now that doesn't know that we have this voice for the students. And that's a huge problem. And then since we were obviously, since we were shut down, there was no stories written and it was it kind of laid dormant for a little while, which is a, a good thing for a newspaper to be dormant for any period of time. But I would say that it'd probably be very tough to put out a paper, seeing there was really nothing going Correct. on on campus Correct. at that time. Just Correct. maybe some updates Correct. on how people are adapting to teaching classes online, going to classes online, that sort of thing, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, and that's one of the things. I used to pick up the banner and the racks that were out that are still there, mm-hmm. but now there's hardly anything in them. There was one in mm-hmm. Building 1A where I work, and there was mm-hmm. one I know in the Center for the Arts. So it was readily available, and it seemed to me like people were picking up the paper back then and reading it, but I can see right. with the pandemic just taking everything online, it mm-hmm. definitely would be an issue trying to get students aware of the fact that it exists are there any plans to bring the paper back in a physical form uh yes we'd have some things in the hopper so to speak as far as getting the paper printed at least once a year maybe doing an annual edition like a best of putting the best of articles in the paper okay um i I had the idea yeah, year in review kind of thing. But it would it would be more of a magazine style, not like glossy and all kinds of things. We don't have a budget for something like that to do like 300 glossy magazines, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it would kind of be like a manuscript form with slight binding, obviously. And it would be done on campus by the printing on campus. And it wouldn't be many issues, probably about three to 500, which they could definitely handle. And it would cut the cost down, of course. And I had the idea of maybe doing a freshman issue just because I know the freshmen are the ones that are going to be able to bring the paper into the future and and get it going. Because when I'm gone, those freshmen, sophomore students are going to really hopefully want to pick this up. And maybe they did something like that in high school. Maybe they want to get into it. That's where we really want to reach is the newer students that come in and get them involved, especially if they love to write. I imagine, too, that if you had a freshman paper during welcome days and there's club tabling, that would be a good Mm -hmm. thing to have to just say, look, we are here. This is what the paper looks like in physical form now, but online you can always access us and see what's going on on campus, right? And that was my idea, to reach out to those freshmen on those days, even maybe getting to the point where we're actually participating in those days they come in and they sit in the old big hall and maybe say a little something about the paper but i don't know if that's possible but we could always try i guess right 
Right. And as editor-in-chief now, what are the goals you have for the banner? The main goal is kind of what I spoke about before, is getting the word out there that we're actually here. The point of the banner, as everybody knows, is it's a student paper printed by students, put out by students, written by students, and to recruit students to write for us. We went from one, two, three people. Now we've built a roster of about 15 to 20, Okay, which great. doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a good start. And with social media presence and someone on social media all the time, I think that will be a big building block. And I'm an older student, so social media to me is kind of a... <laughs> um, Daunting. You know, <laughs> it is. And that's why I have somebody doing it, because I'm not the greatest at it. And then advertising, being at any event we can. And then, like you said, the print issue at least once a year, if not twice. Mm-hmm where we can physically hand out the copy to either incoming freshmen or just students in general, so that in the back of their mind, they know they have a say in what we're doing. Because when they write, we write about the stories that some people can't tell about the college. You know, if there's something going on, like we did an article on the sidewalks, mm-hmm. and it was a great article. The person that did the article, it was thorough. I think she got the faculty and the staff involved. She got students involved. It was great. It was great. And I hope that the administration and the faculty and staff have read that article and know they are fixing the sidewalks now. I mean, at least they're starting. And it's not due to our article. I think it had to do with a lot of people complaining about it, but that article needed to be written. So things like that we want to get into the paper, more campus Because back in the day, there was a lot of campus news. All right, Vinny, let's shift to WSIA. And for the record, 88.9 FM, if there's someone out there who's never heard of the college radio station. How did you become assistant news director? This seemed to come out of the blue while I've been working with you over the semester. Yeah, it was a pretty funny story. I was in the office one day and uh, commented about one of the stories. The dates were wrong and it's old and there were some things that were off on it. And then the next day, the news director said, hey, you want to be my assistant news director? And I said, okay. So that was pretty much how I got roped into that. So, Okay. Were you surprised to be asked to join on? Um, yeah, I was. She kind of caught me a little off guard, but that's fine. And she explained what the position was and it's not too daunting. All right, well, that leads into my next question. What are your responsibilities in that role? Well, I just help edit stories, put them up in our rotation to read on air, and I load stories into the rotation to read on air. It's Again, it's not a huge responsibility. Obviously, it's an important job, but the news director is great. Janielle is a wonderful person, and she does a lot of the work, but I help her out when I can. Okay. And are you actually on air at WSIA? And if so, in what capacity? I am. I do a sports, it's kind of a hybrid sports music show between 8 to 11 because talking about sports for three hours is By yourself, yeah, tough. (laughs) By myself, yes, by myself on Sundays. And then I do the news and event reads that we at the Office of Communications put together for WSIA as a part of their news that they do during the week. Okay. Getting back to your sports show, what exactly do you talk about over those three hours? I talk about CSI sports. I don't go into depth with CSI sports only because access to the sports department is not as easy. But I try to do as much as I can, like go over scores from the previous week. 
And then I kind of dig into local New York sports, you know, Yankees, Mets, Knicks, Rangers, teams like that. And then I go into like the national part of sports and talk about that. That's pretty much it. And then I play music. So that's part of that as well. I've been on the radio before. The first time I was on the air was kind of a nightmare. I was only on for two hours and I had a aching back and a roaring headache by the time I finished. So I'm just kind of curious. How you describe your feelings and your experience the first time you were on the air at WSIA? I was more nervous than anything else. But then you think as an older student and as an older person in general, I think a lot of people get nervous because they care about what they're saying and what people are thinking about what they're saying. Sure. As an older person, as an older student, you learn that you don't care about what people think about your take on a specific sport or you take that as criticism and hopefully it's constructive criticism and just not trolling from people. But you know, there are those people out there, but I just ignore those people. Those people, they're out there just to get a reaction. So giving them a reaction is kind of feeding into that. But I concern myself with people that are in charge, what they think. So if I write a story, obviously I care about what you think. I care about what Dave thinks. If I'm on the air, I care about what Mike Ivani, the program director, thinks and what Laura thinks and what my peers think. I don't care about the outside noise, so to speak. Okay, fair enough. Moving on now, you also mentioned you're doing play-by-play for the Ferry Hawks games on WABC. And last week would have been your debut, but you were rained out, uh, right. unfortunately. But how did that come about? I had found out that we were doing Ferry Hawk games through my news director and through Laura. And I said, and they asked me, they said, would you like to do it? And I said, obviously, that's one of my, and they didn't know this, but this was one of my dreams as a kid to broadcast baseball, baseball specifically, but sports in general. And I was just asked, and I said, yeah, of course. That's definitely something that I would definitely love to do. Okay. And here's the big question. WABC is a 50,000-watt radio station. How do you feel about being on one of the most powerful AM signals in New York City, and why? It's great to be on a more of a public stage. And WABC, and I'm a Yankee fan, they used to carry the Yankee games back in 1981 when I was a kid all the way through. Yeah. And I listened to them all the time and being on WABC to me is like the, probably the, even though it's probably not as, I don't know how pop more, how much more popular it is now than it was back then. But I know now just being on WABC is a great thing to me personally, because again, it's been a part of my childhood. Okay. Now, One more thing, you mentioned that you're also an intern for the CSI Office of Communications. We work together. That's a very full plate. What Mm -hmm. are you responsible for there? Well, I write the alumni and student stories given to us by other departments like Verzano, Macaulay, Seek, as well as doing a news and event roundup for the week to read on WSI and also read it on WSIA where they record it and then play it. I also do the campus beat also for CSI today, which is basically kind of like the man on the street kind of thing where I go out and ask students a particular topic 
write the story, and I also write stories about events around campus as well. All right. And I believe you do some photography, too, while you're covering some of those stories, right? I do. I mean, not good photography, but it's, <laughs> I don't know if you can call it's, it that, but it's, 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 good. it's, it's it works. okay. Yeah. <laughs> take take yeah. it from me. Especially, right. yeah, especially with today's phones, that definitely helps. Yes. And how has that experience been for you so far? Uh, it's been great. I've been learning about how a communications department works. And I know for at least for a college system, I know it may be a little bit different than a big corporate communications office, but it's still a great experience to have going forward. And I hope to be there till I graduate, which may not be for another year and a half or so. So Vinny, what are your favorite aspects of all of these positions? The main thing is being involved in campus again. In my previous college, I was student body president, diversity coordinator. I worked in the office of athletics as not an intern, but work study. And I was involved, very involved in campus life, in the campus. I also love to write and to broadcast and to be on the radio. So this definitely brings together all of my passions for what I want to do eventually in the future. But, you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s and I was on campus, it was a good feeling and working with students and now especially being older, hopefully being able to give students an aspect from an older person that went to college that didn't do quite well the first time he went and maybe didn't want to be there. And now going gung-ho into it. And I have a lot of experience to give, uh, life experience to give to students that I think I would hope that they would take. And, And if they don't, they don't. I'm not a very preachy person. I'm not a very luxury person. I don't want to be that type of person, but I love hearing stories about students like not going to class and things like that. But, and I always say, hey, not to be a lecturer or be like a dad, but you probably should go to class because you're talking to someone who didn't go to class and didn't do well the first time he went to the College of Staten Island when it was a two-year college. And just pretty much I failed out the first time I went to college, so... Okay. And without naming any names, have you had any effects? Do you have any stories on maybe a couple of people whose lives you've had an impact on by sharing your experience? Not really that I've heard of. I know I've talked to a lot of students about that, and especially students that will ask me questions that know I'm older. That's where it really feels good. And then broadcasting Ferry Hawks games is just kind of like I said, it has been a dream of mine to broadcast baseball. And, and everybody would think that my broadcasting hero would be John Sterling, Michael Kay, guys like that that have been in the New York area. But actually, when I moved to Washington State in 1996, my favorite broadcaster, and I picked him up because he was doing Mariner games, was Dave Niehaus. And yeah. Dave Niehaus, with his fly away call for home runs and his grand salami call for grand slams. <laughs> it was like a friend was broadcasting a game, not being really buttoned up and tight with the broadcast, just having fun with it. And he had a lot of fun with his broadcast. He passed away a few years ago, but he definitely had a very big impact. And even though it was like 96 later in my life, I definitely picked up a lot from him because he was great. And then of course you had Michael Kay and John Sterling and those guys, those guys were always a part of my life when I was a kid, or at least John Sterling was, because he's been doing it forever. It's just that part is great. And then being on the radio, 
that's just a privilege to be on the radio here in Staten Island. Okay, now let's look at the flip side. What are some of the challenges of all this stuff that you're doing? Well, obviously it's juggling everything time management-wise. But as you get a little older, it becomes a little easier because you learn how to manage your time a little better. Mm-hmm. I think if it was 20-year-old, 30-year-old me, I think it would be a little harder because I had a tendency of skipping over stuff and not finishing or not doing a great job because I was in such a hurry. But I kind of feel like now I've been able to kind of manage my time a little better. But that's the biggest challenge. No matter how old you get, uh, it doesn't change that there's always something tugging at you for attention all the time because you're you have more responsibilities in life obviously that's the main one the main challenge okay one more question what does the future look like for you Vinny? just to eventually be a broadcaster or sports radio host or write a column for a paper somewhere before it's all said and done i just really wouldn't mind doing a couple of those things because i know there are people in the industry that do a radio show and they broadcast or they write a column and they have a radio show, things like that. I'd love to do that and someday be the voice of whatever sports team wants to have me. That would be great. Or have a sports beat like maybe the Jets, the Giants. You know, I know there's guys there that have been like lifers there that write those columns, but eventually maybe maybe in another state, be a beat writer for a sports team. And the biggest thing is I want to do what I love to do and I've done a lot of things that I've had to do for work that I didn't like. I don't know if you've had this feeling, but every day you go to work and you feel like it's a chore. It's something that you trudge to work and you go, oh, I really don't want to be here. And then I look at the clock every day before I go to work and I go, man, I really don't want to go. And I don't want to do that anymore for the rest of my life. I don't want to be in that kind of job because it's no fair to the people who hire me. And it's no fair to me. It's no fair to the people that hire me because obviously I'm not giving them my best work because I don't want to be there. And I've learned that too over the years. But doing something that I love, doing something that I like, no matter even if the monetary compensation is not what I feel maybe is fitting, if I do what I love, I think eventually the monetary compensation will be there eventually because my work will be better and the work will be rewarded eventually hopefully you would think that okay well Vinny, thanks for joining us today and telling us about all the things you do at csi and the impact that you're having on the media for the college thank you for having me i appreciate you in general terry well thank you i I appreciate you you too you help me out quite a bit around the office (laughs) yeah no not a problem it's my pleasure and You know, I will say, not to get all weepy-eyed and sentimental, but you have been, in my whole life, I will say, probably the best supervisor that I've had. And hopefully that continues going forward. And the office I work in with you and Dave is so welcoming and great. I couldn't have had a better internship, and hopefully it continues for the foreseeable future. And I just love being there. Well, thanks for that, Vinny, and we hope you stick around, too. It's been a great experience this semester. I appreciate that, Terry. Thank you. Well, take care, Vinny. Thanks again. All right. No problem. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. Coming up next week, David Pizzuto rejoins the show with another exclusive interview on CSI Today Talks. 
Check us out, as well as all the newsmakers at CSI, on www.csitoday.com, and be sure to subscribe. We'll see you next week, right here on CSI Today Talks. Thank you for listening to this edition of the CSI Today Talks podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to get alerted for brand new episodes and to listen on demand to your favorites. Be sure to check us out at www.csitoday.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.